Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, someone who is not an editor, but he is a senior writer, is Jonathan Strickland. When the earth was still flat and clouds made of fire and mountains stretched up to the sky, sometimes higher. <laughs> I think I've actually used that quote before. You might have. But anyway, uh, hey, we're talking about stuff we already said before anyway. That's true. Today we are recording our follow-up on our predictions for 2011. And before we get into what we predicted for the year 2011 and how we did, how our predictions did, uh, we should mention that we're recording this in early, early, early December in order for us to have enough episodes to get through the end of the year. So uh, some of these predictions that have not come true may still come true. Your mileage may vary. I'm, I'm covering our bases. Oh, okay. That, that's good. Uh, did you fix the uh, broken scoreboard problem that we had? From yes, the yes. Year? We no longer, uh, the whole checks and, uh, and X's have been fixed. I've moved on to a totally different scorekeeping system. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I feel we, more comfortable with that. Yeah. We don't have to worry. I know that there was some, uh, there was some controversy or controversy. Uh, from a previous scorecard where, uh, apparently all of my predictions got checks and all of Chris's predictions got X's, no matter what the content, I am happy to say that will not be the case this year. All right, then. All right. So, uh, so let's, uh, you want to start with, um, one of yours here? I've got, I've got, I've got them all laid out into mine and yours. Is that how you have it as well? Yes, that, that right. is indeed so, um, how I have it set up. And, uh, I have to, uh, I have to own up to, uh, picking some that I felt were pretty easy because uh, that whole checks and X's thing threw me, and I, I figured I wanted at least one or two that I figured I could actually yeah, like you just count. nail it right. Yeah. So okay. uh, speaking of which, uh, I, I said that the iPad two would get a would get a camera, a forward facing camera, and a faster processor. Yeah. Uh, and I got the faster processor thing right, and I got well, I sort of got the the camera thing, except yeah. it's got. A couple of cameras. Right, right. You you originally said it was just going to be the one camera and it'd be forward facing. Uh, yeah. So that, that was based on the fact that you know I have an iPad One and it's got this little. If you have if you see an iPad One, you could see on the opposite end of the front of it uh, from where the uh, the home button is. Yeah, there's sort of a little. Yeah, if you hold it in the right light, you could see sort of a little cutout where yeah. a camera might have been had they chosen to throw it in there. Right, right. Where well, maybe they didn't have sense. the miniaturization just right where they couldn't yeah. fit all the components in or, or maybe it was just, uh, you know, supply chain problems or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, but, that, but you, you got that more right than wrong. So you get, uh, let me check my score sheet here. Uh, okay. Uh, page 73. You get one, big document. one and a half tablets. For that, that prediction. Tablets? That's, that's what it says here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, I said that the iPhone would move to Verizon, but not until 2012. And you said it was going to come out in 2011. And you got that right. It, what it did, in fact, move to Verizon. In fact, it moved to Sprint as well in 2011. Um, I said (laughs) that they were going to announce that the iPhone was moving to Verizon, but I did not think it was going to move to 2012. And at the time, I believed that that was because, of the rumored agreement between Apple and AT&T. 
Right. That it was going to be a five-year agreement, which means that it wouldn't have expired until 2012. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case is, uh, it actually did move to Verizon. So whereas I got the announced part right, I got the date totally wrong. You got it right. Uh, let me check here. Um, I have to cross-reference. Oh, according to this, I get a smartphone, but not the N-E because um, – I didn't get it all right. Oh, okay. So I it's so we got one half tablets to a, a smartphone. All right. Okay then. Let's move back to one of yours. All right. Uh I, I predicted that uh the Google Chrome OS would get an underwhelming response. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. I that's <laughs> I mean it was people were excited when Google Chrome officially debuted back in the summer of twenty eleven. Yeah. And a lot of people did try and sign up to get a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I think – I mean, I haven't heard anything about Chromebooks since the I.O. event, really. Yeah. Uh, it's just not one of those things that has been in the news. I mean, we know they're out there and people are developing for them, but it's yeah. just not – it's not taking any – like, it's not hitting the news cycle at all. Yeah. I wish um, I had predicted Wave would would, would uh, go – would recede, would go out to low tide, right. but I, but I didn't. Well, you but get they're sort of similar because they got a lot of hype right out of the gate, and then they just sort of, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, according to this, uh, because of that prediction and the fact that you got it right, you get three shiny hubcaps. Shiny hubcaps. Yep. That sounds cool. Yeah. So three shiny hubcaps for uh, that prediction. Okay. Moving back to one of mine, I said that uh, cloud computing would move to the next level with more web-based services. Yeah. Uh, we saw a lot of web-based services premiere this year. Yes, we did. So, so let's let's just a lot of them are are media related, like iCloud, Google True. Music, True. Amazon Cloud Player. We also had some players that already existed in the in uh, out there on the web kind of make their way finally over to the United States, Spotify being a big example. Yeah. Um, and, of course, there's there are the other ones that were here already, uh, Mog and, and RDO. Yep. So I think I think it's safe to say that that's, that's true. It, it, now, we probably didn't see as many uh, moves in the enterprise space as could have been, mm-hmm. right? We didn't mm-hmm. see it, that many companies move to all uh, cloud-based services, although I know there are a few out there that have adopted the Google uh, ecosystem as their corporate ecosystem. So mm-hmm, they, they mm-hmm. use Google Docs and, and Gmail and everything as their corporate yeah. email. Yeah. So there have been some. It's just not been um, huge. But we've seen it a lot in the consumer space. So for that prediction, I get raindrops keep falling on my head, which is going to make the rest of this episode a little damp. You know, I'm, I'm not sure I understand exactly how you came up with this scoring system. I, the problem is really going to be totaling it at the end, but uh, let's just keep going, shall we? All right, all right. Well, I uh, I believe that. Uh, well, let, let's actually go uh, in in you know uh, continuum here. I'm going to skip ahead on your list that you put together. Sure. Uh, and and point out that uh, I did say that Spotify would show up here in 2011. Yes, yes, and uh, and, and you I, didn't think so. I didn't think so. I said it would not. I, well, I. At the time when you made the prediction, and I think it was an off-the-cuff prediction, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I was. That was that felt like going out on a limb. I remember. Yeah, and I I just said, you know, I said, well, let's make this interesting. I'll say it won't, and that way, no matter what, one of us will be right. And in that respect, I was right. Yeah, that's uh, true. but you you got that you got that correct. Uh, Spotify did, in fact, debut in the United States. I was a little I was a little skeptical because there had been at the time when we made the podcast with the predictions. There'd been a lot of news about. 
about how Spotify had been having some problems making agreements with or reaching agreements with major labels. Yeah, and that was the thing that was holding it back. Yeah. They had wanted to debut a lot earlier than they, they had the opportunity to. So. And, and I just saw that that resistance holding out even more than uh, – than it actually did. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got that right. And uh, let's see, according to this, you get the black spot from Treasure Island. So um, That seems kind of bad. You know, I, I'm sorry. It's just it's some of these awards are a little less prestigious and, and glamorous than others. Uh-huh. But that's the Spotify Award right there. The Spotify Award. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, I said that there was going to be a dramatic increase in cyber warfare. Uh, in 2011. And I think it's safe to say that there was a greater focus on cyber warfare. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw several stories pop up about cyber warfare. Uh, and there was the, the recent news that came out where uh, we had uh, um, accusations that state-sponsored hacking had been taking place over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, plus, there was the you know, news about Trying to hack into various systems in uh, Iran, uh, there was uh, uh, allegations that Chinese systems were trying to hack into various security systems around the world. And then there was Stuxnet, which was uh, um, a piece of malware that people said was specifically aimed at taking out uh, Iran's nuclear uh, infrastructure. Yeah, because what it would do is it would change the the RPMs at which a uh, uh, various equipment would rotate and it would cause like a centrifuge and it would cause um, potentially it would cause a massive uh, meltdown. Well, maybe not a meltdown, but it would cause a massive accident. Yeah, failure. Uh, but in, in the, the case of Stuxnet, it looks like all of those were detected early enough to, to, um, head off a major malfunction. One of the things we've talked about when we talk about, uh, cyber attacks, though, of any kind, really, is that it's difficult sometimes to pinpoint, especially from people who know what they're doing, difficult to pinpoint exactly who's behind an attack. Yeah. So it could be, uh, state sponsored. It could not be. And we might never know without, you know, having something to back it up, having the proof behind it. And so it's kind of difficult to say whether some of these were state sponsored or not. Yeah. Because of the way they appear to have happened. And there are plenty of stories about uh, it's, uh, anonymous and lulzsec yeah. attacking various targets. So I, I think I got this uh, fairly. I think this. I think it's fair to give me this one. So uh, apparently, according to this, I get in return for that correct uh, prediction about an increase in cyber war. I get high anxiety uh, on DVD. Okay. All right. So uh, let's see uh, the year of the tablet. Yep. Um, that was one of yours. Yeah. And uh, I said that um, the Android OS would launch a new era of tablets. Um, I feel like in one respect, the, I mean, the tablet market really did take off. Yeah. Um, but Although I don't think still... that the Android, I, I thought the release of Android would do for tablets what it did for smartphones, smartphones where it outnumbers the uh, sales of iOS-based devices. That's Apple's operating system for its own devices. And uh, not so much outselling iOS. The iPad is still a dominant player in the market, although there there are some uh, quite good Android-based tablets. There are also some quite terrible ones. so great. Yeah. And, and we also saw the debut of things like the Amazon Kindle Fire, which That's true. Uh, is is 
burning up the charts right now as we record this. <laughs> Fire. Yeah. Burn. I see what you did. There. Uh, also, Barnes and Noble came out with its own Nook tablet that yep. did quite well. A lot of enthusiasts really enjoy that. Yeah. Again, it's early December, so it's kind of hard to tell. Those are fairly new. The uh, BlackBerry so. Playbook didn't do as well, no. but um, but it's also out there. And then there's the second place, comp- <laughs> the second place to the iPad, which had its own. We even devoted our own episode to this. Uh-huh. Uh HP's lovely. Uh, webOS based device. Yeah, which, you know, the webOS, of course, said bye bye to everybody. Although you never know. I mean, that whole situation is so. I'm going to talk about that in our, we haven't recorded our, uh, predictions, predictions for, for 2012, 2012 yet. I guess. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to talk about that one. But yeah, as a matter of fact, as, uh, Palm decided to discontinue it, they put it on massive discount and it now holds the second place yeah, behind the iPad. Yeah, because if you don't remember, the touchpad went on touch sale for went. like $99, wasn't it? Yeah, and people just gobbled them up. Yeah, and because everyone's them. like a $100 tablet, that's exactly what I want. I don't care what operating system it has or what it can or can't do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that the, there's probably going to be some buyer's remorse in the future from some of those folks. But well, it, it sort of depends on what HP does with the yeah, OS. Whether or not whether or not it truly is uh, continued to be supported in it, some fashion or not. It could all be a huge ploy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow, so yeah, I, I think I I don't know. I get some credit there. I didn't I didn't get the Android part quite right. Right. According to uh, to my notes here, this means that you get a red herring. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Okay. It's, I think. I guess I'll have to see how this all totals. It's in a tank in the back. So <laughs> I'll bring it out uh, after the show. Unless, of course, it disappeared, in which case we'll have herring loss. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It'd be a dramatic loss yeah. in herring. Speaking of tablets, your next prediction was sort of tablet related. Yeah, I said that laptop sales would dip, but they wouldn't totally crash due to, uh, to tablets. And that's pretty much true. I mean, there was, mm, laptop sales took a pretty big hit. But desktop sales have taken a hit due to laptops. Yeah. I, I, laptops still haven't been completely replaced yet. And I don't think they ever will be totally replaced. Just like I don't think desktops will ever be totally replaced. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think maybe our, our focus will be, will shift to mobile devices. In fact, it already has, mm-hmm. but it will continue to move in that direction. And that laptops and desktops will be used more for very specific but limited functions. Um, I think that'll continue, but I don't, I don't see them disappearing entirely. So yeah, uh, I get, um, I, you know what I got for this one? What's that? I got the tilde key from my old computer. <laughs> That's what I got for that one. Okay then. Yeah. Um, how long has that been missing anyway? Uh, about two and a half years, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's uh, got a hole in it. Yeah. Don't we know uh, how that happened. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we talked about on our podcast, uh, Google Plus this year. Yeah. Uh, which of course none of us predicted. Right. And, uh, and Facebook. But you know what did we, what we didn't talk about so much? What's that? MySpace. Oh, I wonder why that happened. Well, you know, I made a prediction. Yeah. That, uh, Fox was gonna unload MySpace. Yeah. Technically, I should say, and this is my fault because I wrote down the notes this way, but technically we should say News Corp. The, the parent company. Yeah, yeah. Parent and it's company early Fox. Yet, so I'm just reading it. So, but yeah, News Corp. No, no, I was the one who wrote it. So it's, you know, yeah. I don't blame you at all. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, News Corp sold MySpace. You said that News Corp would sell MySpace in yeah. 2011. For, uh, $1.50 and some coupon books. And you were so close. <laughs> $35 million. Yeah. And they spent what? 580 million when they bought it? Something like that? It's, that's crazy. Yeah. 
You yeah. know, every time I right after that happened, every time I'd pass by those billboards mm-hmm. advertising how many millions you could win if you if you won the lottery, I thought that's funny. I could have bought my MySpace if I won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> After taxes, even. Yeah, I mean that. Not you, that I would have done that. You nailed it, though. I mean, and that was one of those those predictions that it sounds like it's really kind of uh, uh like if you weren't if you're not really thinking about too hard if you're not putting yourself back in the mind frame we were in in 20, uh, 2010. You might think, well, that's an easy prediction to make, except for the fact that News Corp had held on to MySpace. I mean, MySpace was hadn't been relevant for a couple of years. I, I was actually thinking there was more of a possibility uh, in, in, in terms of that. I was thinking that it was possible that News Corp might just bury MySpace. Right. In and the take desert, a loss on it. Right next to E.T. and Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought they might eat it. And but they, no, they, they, they and you said they'd sell it. And they did. So uh, you get, uh, oh, oh, it looks like it's our most valuable prize yet. Oh, yes. You get Rupert Murdoch's big toenail. <laughs> you know, if you believe in like sympathetic magic, you can work some mean mojo now. All right, then. So, hey, you just hold on to that. Um, uh, so, uh, all right. Spe- so speaking of sales. Yeah, I said that eBay would sell off Skype. Now, the eagle eared listeners out there uh, were all eager to point out that, um, hey, you know what? eBay technically sold Skype in 2009. So making that a 2010 prediction for 2011 might seem a little ridiculous, except that eBay had retained 35% of Skype. Yeah, they, they were, were, no they were long, hedging their bets. They weren't the majority owner in Skype anymore, but they still own 35%. And that's kind of what I was going for when I made the prediction, although I didn't make that clear in the prediction. So it yes. just sounded ridiculous. But uh, in fact, in 2011, Microsoft bought Skype. Now, I think I, I wish I had predicted that Microsoft was going to be the company to do this because then it would be a really phenomenal prediction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, but I didn't. I didn't foresee it being Microsoft. I just figured someone would buy it. And Microsoft bought it for $8.5 billion. Uh, that's a pretty big number. And because I got this one pretty much right, I get a cordless phone. Wow. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah, but there's no base station. It's just the cordless phone part. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, you know, you have more than than I do because I was chicken last year. So why don't we do another one of yours? Oh, okay. Uh, so I also said that in 2011 we would have a true test of the 4G technologies that would roll out and things like WiMAX and LTE. And I know before you guys write in, I know that WiMAX is not truly 4G. Uh, in fact, the, the, the definition of 4G now is almost meaningless. We need to do an episode specifically about what is 2G, 3G, 4G, and, and why are they designated that way, and why is it so complicated? Yeah. I mean, the, the big thing is a speed issue because, I mean, even T-Mobile marketing its upgraded 3G HSPA Plus technology, that can, depending on the, the market and the technology, like in the specific hardware you're using, HSPA Plus can outpace LTE. Yeah, of course, so, it probably won't by the time LTE matures. Right. So the, the but, T-Mobile's argument was that it yeah. was a 4G speed, so you might as well call it 4G. Because if yeah. it's if 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 we're using the G's as shorthand, yeah. then we're just saying that this this device is works faster than that device. Yeah. In which case. You know, it's there's kind an of argument a 2G, there. 2G, 3G yeah, network, and the LTE is sort of a 1G, 4G network. So really, it just got more confusing. I don't think that we really saw a battle there. So um, no, but LTE won. You're right about yeah, that. I did say that LTE would win, and that is true. LTE is is by far the dominant uh, 
uh, 4G technology that's out there right now. In fact, I think that within another year, this is going into a prediction almost, but within another year, it'll probably be even more oh, yeah. evident. Yeah, I think. Although so. we may be seeing, you know, rumors of the next emerging technology come out by the time we finally settle on this <laughs> emerging technology. Of course, that's the way way tech works. So um, I get the letter G. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at least until E comes along because E eats everything. That's true. Um, except for Z. And, uh, you know, I, actually I had predicted that AT&T would roll out its 4G network yeah. by the end of the year. And it, it actually has, which is an LTE network. I think we piggybacked those in the, uh, the predictions episode yeah, too. Yeah. So, so do yeah. I get a G2 for, for that one? Actually, you said it was AT&T. And, uh, strangely enough, I think this might have been a typo, but you get an ad at. <laughs> Great. Uh, and, you know, they, they're terrible as far as gas mileage goes. Yeah. And, uh, let me tell you, when I was bringing that sucker into the office this morning, uh, traffic on 400 was a nightmare. Yeah. But the nice thing is you can, you know, you're already there and the, the, you don't really have to go very far to get up to the uh, floor that we're on. No, that's true. I just kind of popped open the, uh, the cockpit and, and then just made a, a quick jump over to our, our patio and we, I was fine. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, uh, let's see. Let me do another one of mine. I said that, um, oh, here's one that I was very excited about. Yes. I predicted that a new version of the Nintendo Wii would debut at E3. And you. And I was right. We're right. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, the Wii U. You, was, was, you was, you was exactly right. Yes, we, you, you, we, you, we, um. It sounds like a European ambulance. Yeah. Wii I, know, U, I had said that it would probably be the HD version of the Wii, but it's a little bit more than that because this is, the Wii U also has a new kind of controller that has its own touchscreen interface embedded in the controller itself. So it's kind of like combining the LT, the, uh, the, uh, Nintendo DS sort of, uh, technology with, the Wii console system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and putting it all together so that you have, uh, you know, a game going on on the screen and then occasionally you might have mini games pop up on your controller, which we've seen in previous console systems and we've talked about that before in the past. But this will be the most kind of a, a mature version of that technology that we've seen so far. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got that right. I was really amazed and unfortunately it looks like I won, uh, some Wii. <laughs> so let's just move on. All right. Hey, uh, actually, that that was a CES. That was actually that was at E3, right? Yeah. But uh, you did go to CES, and I, I think you're going again next year. Oh yes, I've already got it all planned out. Uh, so why don't you tell us about uh, your CES predictions? Okay. So you know, because that we found that out pretty quickly. Yeah. It's in January, so uh, I predicted. Yeah, because when we recorded this last year, yeah. it was right around the same time. It was early December, and uh, I was predicting what would happen in early January, and so. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. I was right for most of it. Uh, I said that there would be a lot of 3D tech around, and there were, was quite a bit. And there has been for a few years. Actually, 3D tech probably didn't get quite the same amount of attention that it did the year before, but it was still pretty much everywhere. And, yeah. and you even had companies, especially like uh, Sony, and uh, I think even Panasonic might have also had one. I know a couple of different companies had the glasses-free 3D televisions on display. Yeah. Which we've talked about before and about how, you know, there are problems with glasses free 3D tech. Yeah. Mostly, uh, stemming from the fact that if you are not in a, uh, the right position in front of the television, you're going to get a very blurry, disorienting experience. It's not very pleasant. 
But, you know, there's still advances being made with that technology. So and I also said there'd probably be more wireless data streaming between devices. And there kind of was, but it wasn't in the way that I had predicted. I thought it was going to be more like high data transfers. Yeah. So things like a Blu-ray player and a television set having a wireless like a Y gig connection yeah. between the two where you could watch content directly on your TV from your Blu-ray without having to have a cable to connect them. But really what the wireless data streaming stuff, the way it played out at CES was, was more about ecosystems. Mm. It was more about having a device or a collection of devices and being able to port an experience from one device to the next in a very seamless way. So in the ultimate example, you might be watching a uh, a video on your on your smartphone as you're mm-hmm. walking in the door yeah. and then you transfer that video seamlessly to your television so you can watch the rest of it on TV and it picks up right where you left off on the smartphone that kind of idea yeah and we haven't really reached that point yet but there were a lot of the, like kind of the the foundation for that technology was on display quite a bit at CES yeah the cloud the cloud seems to have acquired that yeah more than your your home so you know if you're using a service a streaming movie service that you subscribe yeah. to over the internet you can pause it in one thing and you have your account in the other room yeah, I've seen it advertised more in that capacity than I have in the you buy this thing and stick it in your house and it makes this happen. Yeah, essentially, in order for the second the version that I saw at CES for in order for that version to really play out, you would pretty much have to buy all of your electronics from a single source, like a single manufacturer, yeah. for that to work because they all have their own proprietary ways of developing this this uh, system. Funny, um, I wonder why that is. Yeah. Whereas the version you're talking about is much more consumer friendly in that it is, if it's cloud based, as long as whatever it is you're buying has the capacity to tap into that, that cloud system, mm-hmm. then you're fine. So you could have devices from multiple manufacturers and have them seamlessly interact because what they're doing is they're pulling stuff from the cloud and that's where the, the coordination is coming from, not through the devices themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the way it was presented at CES. Um, I also said that uh, there'd be a lot more green tech, and there was. Um, and uh, so, yeah, for this one, I get um, two hurt feet, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you cashed in on that one a, a long time ago, yeah, actually. Yeah, I'll be doing it again soon. Yep, yep. Yeah, speaking of, of green tech, yeah, you kind of seem to think that uh, green green would sort of go away. I, I What I thought was that the uh, big flashy green tech um developments things like like these these crazy power plants or whatever uh big flashy technologies would sort of fade away in comparison to more modest but uh but achievable green technologies mm-hmm. so in other words you know you wouldn't see something that was going to supposedly uh, eliminate our dependence upon fossil fuels um, like these, these big long reach projects that cost a lot of money and take, will take a lot of time to develop. But we would see a lot more investment in things like this power cord will automatically shut off and not allow your devices to draw vampire power. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's not, not terribly exciting or sexy, but it does make a difference. Sure. And that in fact is pretty much how 2011 played out. Um, in fact, I would argue that in some ways, green technology is kind of the buzz has kind of died a little bit. You yeah. don't you don't hear about it as much as you did in 2010. Unless, of course, it relates to Solyndra. There are some exceptions. 
But that's more about the controversy of funding a company that that was not doing so hot or, with or, government money. Or you might hear about it about a car that gets in a collision and three days later bursts into flames because the battery, the electric battery inside of it was damaged, but uh, it takes a while for the damage to actually re- result in a catastrophic failure. Yeah. There was that news, too. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, for this, I get uh, a piece of green felt that was from the same bolt of cloth where they made Kermit. Hey. That's not easy. That's it. That's a pretty cool prize. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I bungled this next one of uh-huh. mine, uh, but Jonathan got it right. Um, I said that uh, – well, we had been talking about that giant speaking of uh, power – energy sucking stuff. Yeah. Uh, Apple had been building this giant data center in North Carolina and, and we had been speculating or many of the media had been about what they were actually going to do with that thing. Um, well, it's actually still kind of unclear, but, um, I thought that Apple was going to launch its own streaming media, uh, music service. Yeah. And no, 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 it didn't. No, iCloud is many things, but it's not really a streaming music service. Yeah, yeah, it's, and I think that's what what's in that center is iCloud. It's yeah, supporting yeah. iCloud, but it's not. Uh, yeah, iCloud. Uh, now, well, it sort of depends on how you look at it, but I don't think of it as a streaming music service like uh, you know Last FM or Pandora in the radio side. No, or, I think of it like a Spotify. Locker. Yeah, it's more like a more like a locker sty- style. Uh, however. They do have, for the paying subscribers, mm-hmm. the Music Match service, which uh, identifies the stuff that you got on your, your computer, and you don't have to upload your music. You you can they'll yeah. say, okay, well, you got it there. Don't as, worry about it. As you, long as iTunes has that, right. that song in its you, database, you and will And you have a match. copy of it. You yeah. can listen to it yeah. at, at a, a reasonably nice uh, bit rate, too. Yeah. So. yeah, actually, in some cases, it'll be a better bit rate than the song you might have on your system, depending on – like, let's say if you had a CD and you ripped music from that CD and you were you know trying to conserve space, so you ripped it at a, a low bit rate – uh, the bit rate, if, if iTunes can match the song and you are an iTunes match, uh, customer, mm-hmm. then you will, the one that will appear in your iTunes account, your iCloud account, will actually be at a higher bit rate possibly than the one that was on your machine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. But you got this one right. It's not technically a streaming music service. Right. So, uh, uh yeah. well, according to this, you even get prizes when things aren't right. So, uh, this one is an, uh, ooh, it's an, a little fried apple pie from McDonald's in a bag that was left in this, uh, studio at our 2010 predictions episode. Which so, is not good because they've been baked for like 20 years now. So you're kind of gonna mm. need to, um, probably dispose of that in the most secure vessel that we have in this office, which I believe is Josh Clark. Well, speaking of apples, he'll eat anything. Yeah, we, you know it's kind of late since we've been talking for about thirty minutes now, but it's kind of late. But I'm starting to get a little skeptical of this scoring system. Um, but mm. yeah, speaking of apples, yeah. your next prediction came true, sort of. Oh, the, except it, it it didn't. Where I said Light Peak would debut. Well, it did, but it it wasn't Light Peak. Well, it, it I was. Mean, it was. It was Light Peak. It was just called Thunderbolt, and it didn't use light. It used copper. How else? <laughs> In every other way, that prediction was completely right. Um, yeah, I said that Light Peak would debut in 2011. And, and, all right, to be fair, the, uh, the very first generation of Light Peak, even back when it was just called Light Peak, yeah. was still going to be copper based. 
Yeah. It was not going to be until it moved a little bit beyond that where it was going to go to the actual fiber optic lines where it was going to use light. And this, in case you don't know, is the technology that allows very fast data transfer speeds between devices. Yes. And it can be any sort of device that you, that, you know, can have the sort of port on it. It's very similar to USB technology, or at least that's the, the purpose of it is very much the same as USB technology, except that, uh, Lightpeak, when it's just going to be fiber optics, if there's no copper wire in there, will not be able to power a device as well as transfer data. USBs can. USBs can provide power, right? Mm-hmm. So, in fact, my, my phone right now is plugged in via USB cord to my computer, which means that the, uh, battery's not being drained because it's, it's, pulling power from the computer itself. Right. Uh, Lightpeak would not work that way because if it were just the the fiber optics. Now, if they paired it with copper wire, then yes, you could carry electricity across the copper wire while the the um, fiber optics carried the data. Mm-hmm. Well, the very first generation of Lightpeak was just copper wire. They weren't including the fiber optics. And that did appear in products in 2011. It appeared exclusively in Apple products, and it was renamed Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. But it was the same technology. So it's the same thing. So because I got this right, more right than not right, even though there were a lot of kind of cheating around the, the fact of what Lightpeak was and how it debuted. I think what you meant and what they meant were two different things. I think you should get credit for it. Yeah. So, uh, I get, uh, my award is, uh, I get a light, but it's over at the Frankenstein place. So <laughs> I'll have to pick it up after the show. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did say that, uh, we would be using discs less. I did. In 2011. I said that we, that digital distribution would become a much bigger thing in 2011 than it had in previous years. And we've seen that. We've seen Mac OS 10 Lion. Mac OS 10 Lion. We've seen, uh, uh, beta builds of Windows 8. We've seen. And I think when Microsoft is going to go to primarily digital distribution when, when Windows 8 uh, comes out. Yeah, and you can you can buy games on the various game consoles sure. through their online stores and d- download them directly to the console as opposed to going out and buying a disc. Uh, Steam, Steam, you know, and and other huge games yeah. for the PC. So uh, yeah, I um I I for this I get a whole bunch of uh, zeros and ones. That's <laughs> what I got for those. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. they're in a little bin in the back. <laughs> um. Yeah, this next one is a little hard to quantify, uh, that I, that I predicted, uh, I said that there were going to be more investments into, uh, the alternatives to rare earth metals, which are, yeah. uh, uh, hard, they're, they're plentiful, but they're hard to find in large amounts in one place. Um, and, uh, you know, therefore they are somewhat expensive. Uh, China sort of has the market cornered right at the moment and they're starting to use more, for their own devices, so mm. I figured that more people would would be looking for alternatives to those. Uh, I haven't really read a whole lot about that, um, so I, I'm thinking that I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm thinking that I think that I think that maybe I was wrong. See, yeah, this one's a uh, yeah. This it's was not a hard. You hear a lot about this was a hard one to research, right? Because I mean, it's yeah, it's unless you're re- it's reading, hard to find info on. Yeah, unless you're reading very detailed reports. Um, yeah, we didn't hear much about this, and as far as the the rare earth metal crisis is still going on. Yeah. So, uh, so unfortunately, because of this, uh, I have to. You were talking about alternatives to rare metals. Uh, so I've got a, um, a, the best of Limp Bizkit album for you. Oh, it's wow. It's an alternative metal there. You shouldn't have. I know. No, really. Well. You shouldn't have. You can put that next to your apple pie. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've got a new 
PlayStation Portable coming out. Yeah, I said here. that. Uh, I said a, a, that in 2011 we'd see the PlayStation Phone launch and the Xperia Play launched. Ah, yes, that was the PlayStation Phone. It was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't branded that it wasn't branded as a PlayStation. Well, it kind of was. Well, I mean, it had a a slide out section, which is what I said it would have with a little um, game pad on it, which is what that's exactly what I said. Uh, And it was called the Xperia Play. It even went on sale for a hundred bucks. So I got that one. I got that one totally right. I got a hedgehog. I'm squinting. What? That's right. There was a PlayStation phone. It's the Xperia Play. Look it up. Okay, it's fine. Uh, let's see. Yeah, but it wasn't called. But anyway, um, you want me to do one more since that way it'll kind of even us out. Uh, well, I think I think your last one should be the last one we we talk about here. No, no, I think your last one should be the last one we talk about. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> so here, I'll do another one. Okay. Uh, I, so I had also said that color e ink e readers would launch in 2011, uh, and that didn't happen. Instead of color e ink, we saw the e reader companies go toward a more tablet design where they're using LCD displays, not e-ink displays for that. So um, that was wrong. I did not get that right. I mean, I I don't know if there was like a hold up on the technology or if it was just they figured that the tablet, the tablet experience would be a superior experience to e-ink or if the people who wanted color really didn't care so much about things like battery life, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a big part of it. Color e-ink uh, does exist. Yeah, uh, actually, it's been out. Well, I mean, it it it's existed for some time now, not yeah. a long, long time. But you know, it, it was in existence when we had that conversation. The problem is, it doesn't show nearly as many colors, and they're not nearly as bright as um, you know an L, an LED display or an LCD display. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the thing is, you're, you're getting more vibrant colors, but at the cost of battery life on these tablet type displays and i think people sort of expect especially for the things that they're saying for the the new generation of tablets where they're going to have even more high definition displays i think that may uh you know relegate color e-ink to a very small set of devices in the future so but i thought they were coming out too yeah yeah so that one was a miss uh let me do one more on mine and that way uh, when we alternate, it should uh, turn out so that your last one is our last one. Well, yeah, yeah and then this one you were right on. Yeah, I said that there, we would start seeing near-fields communication systems show up in smartphones. And Ding. Uh, yeah, it started popping up. Uh, not not at the, the level that I was hoping for, but it's it has started to emerge. And that's the technology that allows you to make payment transfers just by swiping your phone near uh, – uh, a a station like a payment station yeah and, and Google uh, Wallet yeah debuted G- Google Wallet debuted and and added a lot of that functionality into uh, managing that kind of system so on your end so you yeah. would you would, what you would do is you would have to have a particular kind of credit card for Google Wallet to tie into this system and then uh, Google Wallet would manage your account and would also let you subscribe to things like uh, coupon deals and yeah. and uh, rewards deals and would apply those every time you went to purchase stuff. So that way, if you had a coupon for something, it would automatically get applied when you bought that thing. You wouldn't have to remember it. It would be in there in your phone already, Yeah, which was great. Uh, and for that, I get an electromagnetic field Shocking. around me at all times. All right. So um, my Where... computer is no longer really displaying things properly. But yeah. other than that, it's pretty awesome. Wear your Faraday cage. Yep. Um, so... Uh, 
I predicted that uh, HD TV prices would stagnate. Yeah, you said um, there wouldn't be any more dramatic drops in price. That they had pretty much, you know, they they might creep lower, but they wouldn't be. You wouldn't see a huge like. It's crazy. You can get this HD TV, forty two inch screen for two hundred bucks. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think based on my own personal research, since I bought an HD TV uh-huh. uh, in 2011, that uh, that that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, I, I I think that uh, I think there is probably a greater diversity. You see a lot more manufacturers with you know sort of a cheap model and a nicer model, um, but the nicer ones have stayed about the same price that I saw them in 2010. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and because uh, you got that right, I decided that that would necessitate a reward that was high definition but low in price. So I got you this HD DVD player. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. That was one of our very first podcasts. Uh, next, um, we had I had the prediction that Duke Nukem Forever would launch in 2011. And Chris, you agreed yeah, with I, me. I agreed with you. And we were right. And so many people are so sorry that we were right. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those games where, again, like for those who don't know, it was, what, 13 years in the making. Um, it had been delayed numerous times, mostly due to things like the, the lead, uh, project manager in charge of the game would look at the game and decide that the, um, the physics engine or the graphics engine was too out of date and that they needed to redesign the game for a new engine. And then, from as the ground soon as, up. yeah, and they would scrap everything and start over. And then by the time that would be ready to debut, they'd see another new system that was even better, which would necessitate ripping it all apart and starting over again. And part of this is because when Duke Nukem 3D first came out, it was, it came out right at the right time. You know, it was taking advantage of technology and, and using it at its best for that time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was the perfect timing for that game to come out on the, uh, on the systems that it did because, um, it, it looked very sophisticated compared to other games. Mm-hmm. It was state of the art and they wanted to try and recapture that. But the problem with that is that a lot of that ends up just being luck. It's not just, you know, <laughs> You can't really plan for it because designing a game and building a game and releasing it takes time. And sometimes within that time frame, technology has moved along while you've been developing. And especially since technology is developing faster and faster, it's just future-proofing a project like that is really tough to do. It's sort of like writing a vampire book for the market now, now that everyone is tired of the vampire genre, sort of. Yeah. You know, you'd have to know what's going to be big next and happen to hit it right at the right time. Yes. Oh, zombies. So uh, it did launch. The reviews were almost universally negative. Terrible. Or at the very, at the very best, most, the, 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 some of the best reviews I read, like the most positive reviews just called it mediocre. So I didn't see anyone say that it was a good game. And it hasn't really uh, burned up the charts either. Yeah, and I didn't purchase it uh, because, I mean, I'd, I had heard enough things where I thought that maybe I just – I would prefer to remember Duke from back in the days when I, uh, I I played the game – the first game, the Duke Nukem 3D. Not the first Duke Nukem game because those were side-scrollers, but the first first-person shooter Duke Nukem game. Uh, but yeah, so I got that one right. So because of that, uh, I get an enormous set of weights – which I I can't move unless I have them in the ad ad, and unfortunately that's yours, not mine. Well, you so. can borrow it if you okay, need to. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I was going to suggest that actually. And finally, one of my predictions that I'm so happy about because I got it wrong last time. 
Jonathan would get a new computer, new work computer yeah. by the end of the year. Uh, so this is... Well, actually, I sort of got it right. Yeah, you sort of got it right because it's new to me. It's, but it wasn't new out of the box. It's not new out of the box. It, it, it is a gently used, <laughs> gently used well, computer. It like was, the, but you didn't gently gently use the last one, which is why it had problems. Hey, 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 hey! That was just a just because the keys wouldn't work. That, that wasn't because I was pounding on it or anything. Well, um, that again would be Josh Clark. Yeah, so he's our resident loud typist. Right. Yeah. No. Whack, he's whack, 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 yeah. Whack, whack, whack. So the yeah, you got it kind of right because I did get a new computer. It wasn't new. It wasn't brand new, but it was new to me. So because you got that one right, you get my old computer. Oh, good. Yeah. I have a door that needs propping open. I, you know, if you want, I'll even lend you the tilde key since you're lending me the adat. Hey. Okay. That's a wait. So, so what is the score? You've got this complex scoring system, right? So, I have, uh, I have totaled our our predictions. It's a little weird because I made I made more predictions than you did. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that kind of throws things off. But according to my calculations, at the end of the day, your predictions scored a Sega Dreamcast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My predictions scored. It looks like it's. Um, well, it looks like it's a whirlpool bath. I'm not sure how these compare directly, uh, but mm. um, I'm sure I'll figure it out by the time we do this next year. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I think that went really well. Um, uh, I hope that uh, – I feel like I won sort of. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I mean we don't actually get the Sega Dreamcast or the whirlpool bath. That's just our score. Right. It's totaled up, right? I see. Yes. You know, it's like, you know, I, I honestly don't know where to go from there. In fact, now it seems like this whole set of rules that I came up with was just a colossal waste of time. And I just found out I got a ticket for an improperly parked at at. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Do you know how much it costs to pay off a ticket on I an I couldn't AT-AT? fit it into the parking deck. No. And now the parking deck is collapsed. Well, that's also not good. So let's just wrap this up. Now, I think actually, all being said, a lot of our predictions did come true. We didn't have as many huge misses this year as we have in years past, <laughs> which just means we're we going to have to try harder. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to try harder for uh, the 2012 predictions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, also, there were a lot of big news stories that we did not predict at all. Oh, no. And uh, and we're going to do an entire episode about the year in review, like what happened in 2011. Yep. And uh, – and that will cover some of the stories we've talked about here, but also a lot of stories that, that we that just did not foresee at all. And I uh, hope you guys will enjoy that. This is going to be the last few episodes for 2011. So uh, thank you guys for listening to us for yet another year. And we're looking forward to talking to you more in the future. And if you guys have any suggestions for podcast topics that you think we should cover, you can email us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Com. Or you can let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is TechStuffHSW. And Chris and I will talk to you again, I predict, really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?